Today I want to talk about um, looking at faith versus apologetics in responding to those people uh, that don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and trying to understand or rather explain um, what a Christian's viewpoints are in terms of why they came to um, that relationship with Christ. But first, before I do that, let me give you a brief backstory on on my own um, walk. Um, Christ drew me to him uh, late in my 30s. Uh, initially using apologetics, which Webster defines as a systematic argumentative discourse in defense of a doctrine, in this case, biblical Christianity. Uh, Similar to Saul in the Bible, who ultimately became Paul, my wife and I lived um, where, or lived near, rather, what is now Liberty University in uh, Virginia, uh, Jerry Falwell's uh, founding school. And we engaged in... (laughs) with proselytizing Christians that came from Liberty um, to visit us. Um, My view, of course, at the time was that they were brainwashed robots, and I delighted in challenging their um, irrational beliefs. Um, Many years later, I was in business for myself, and my outside accountant displayed a lot of Bibles and tracts and other Christian literature um, all over his office. And by that time, I developed uh, more control over my tongue and was motivated to befriend this guy given that he was handling my money. So for the next two years, God used this accountant to move me uh, and ultimately my wife from being devout atheists to being devout Christians. And during that time in our lives, um, the Lord put me under a great deal of pressure and really our whole family. Um, and it was, I realized at the time that I was not in full control of my life and my future <clears throat> as he sent our family through both personal and business bankruptcy. So I, you know, curious about the supernatural. I read books, listened to apologetic sermons on tape and debated with my Christian accountant, Um, again, for about two years, and finally accepted that God was real. However, for more than a month, I accepted Christ as my Savior, but not my Lord, Luke 10, uh, 27. I had the head knowledge. In other words, I accepted him logically that he was real and that he was my Savior, um, but I lacked the heart knowledge of him, and in my view, would have gone to hell Uh, if my life had been taken at that time. My theology on that belief comes from the fact that even Satan and his minions have much more personal experience (laughs) on who God is and their ultimate fate, or sorry, ultimate fate, than I did. They clearly had the head knowledge of who God is, but they at the same time rejected God, uh, knowing uh, their ultimate destination was eternity in hell, James 2.19. So I came to Christ through apologetics somewhat as a stepping stone to faith. Um, <clears throat> so to date on Medium, which is uh, where I do a lot of blogging, um, I've had nearly 5,500 separate conversations uh, with both saved folks uh, and seekers uh, and agnostics and atheists. And there have been times when perhaps um, offering evidence similar to what eventually helped me wake up to the supernatural, in other words, apologetics, may have been helpful. 
However, in my view, facts can fly in the face or can fly rather back and forth on topics like, you know, why does God allow sin and so forth with little impact. I believe God did a unique work in my life by combining three elements at the same time that finally dragged me kicking and screaming to the cross. Those three were first a Christian accountant with infinite patience with me. Second was devastating financial ruin where God got me on my knees and made me look up instead of thinking I could do everything myself. And third, um, my personality, which is somewhat obsessive and unrelenting uh, analytic. That's kind of who I am. So this combination um, or its derivatives is likely um, um, out of the world of evangelism, or very unlikely, I should say, out of the world of evangelism. But I personally believe, and perhaps naively, um, that it worked for me, but I think that that was rare. So as I said, I've written nearly 900 articles, 5,500 comments back and forth with uh, various folks um, on aspects of the Christian life on both uh, bcworldview.org as well as uh, my site on medium.com. And the Lord's allowed me to engage with many folks on the subject of Christianity and its intersection with a changing cultural climate in America. And from this ongoing work, I'd I'd like to offer uh, four insights on evangelism. The first is, I just don't think apologetics is the answer. Perhaps in error, um, I don't try to use apologetics or trying to convince people from a factual standpoint that God is real and God loves you and God will, you know, if you accept him, you'll go to heaven and so forth. Um, that back, back and forth dialogue on medium, even though the Lord used apologetics to draw me to him, I believe that God puts an unquenchable curiosity into the heart of those that he will eventually um, and ultimately drag to the cross. Ephesians 1 through 4, or 4 through 1, 4 through 5. Um, If I asked a specific question by a seeker, if asked, um, one should offer the best response. For me, that has as much to do with an attempt to explain faith as it does to defend biblical Christian facts. We're Um, we're to be kind, we're to be respectful, we're to be grace-filled communicators of our faith. And that's the heart-based component of evangelism, not purveyors of counter-evidential facts going back and forth and back and forth, um, which is really head-based knowledge. So I respond to folks that I talk to with understanding because I remember what I was like. Again, I didn't get saved till I was in my 30s. I remember what I was like when I was lost, a reference to Ephesians 5.8. And after a few discussions, and I've exhausted my views on what that individual, on my attempts to talk to that individual and connect with that individual as relates to my faith, I quickly moved to an honest willingness to consider any concluding statements they might offer while indicating that I have nothing else to contribute. And I respectively shake the dust off my feet and focus my time elsewhere. A reference to Matthew 10, 14. And that same philosophy can apply to verbal conversations uh, with folks that may have questions for you about your faith as well as written. The focus of my responses revolve around faith, not facts. Facts may in some cases be the way God draws some to himself. However, most seekers are drawn 
more to a wonderment over our continuing faith in the face of obstacles as biblical Christians. Evolution, the supernatural and omnipotent God, the impossibility of the complexity of life, and even the divine nature of Scripture all have as their foundation faith and trust more than facts. Where science or human logic is seen to oppose God, one has to choose who to believe. Faith in its historicity, the miraculous, the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer, and the realities of eternal is the lens from which I respond to critics of biblical Christianity. Number two, writing to the crowd rather than to the comment, uh, commenter. So back and forth conversations is what I've enjoyed, uh, particularly with the lost, and they're directed more toward the silent listers in the background rather than the individual I'm engaged with. We all know, uh, you know, in a blogging setting that claps far outweigh comments on Medium, and often the more difficult conversations, comments, we have online are with those who have more extreme opinions on the subjects we discuss, and therefore they're more um, stuck in their own opinions and approach. In the background, I believe, there are many more listening. These are people who are being drawn toward God rather than the hard-hearted. Just as the deconstructionists, for example, are looking for excuses to ignore clear teachings in Scripture by rejecting, for example, meeting together in a church setting, others listening to the conversation going back and forth are being reminded of what face-to-face fellowship can look like inside a biblical Christian church setting. These are the folks who really benefit most from the dialogue, whether it's a verbal dialogue or whether it's one in writing. Number three, writing to carnal Christians. There's a large group of carnal Christians writing on Medium and listening on Medium, uh, as well as those who come to our website Uh, and in life in general. Um, And I believe the Lord is calling us as biblical Christians, as mature Christians, to respectfully challenge them uh, by reminding these carnal Christians of where they may be straying from God's word. The deconstructionists are rampant um, under the term Christianity, which is a tag or a keyword term used in medium to, to um, uh, you know, for search routines and stuff like that. Uh, those still drinking spiritual milk, which are carnal Christians, may not ever hear some of the spiritual solid food we have to offer as mature Christians if we don't simply add keywords like Christianity to our own posts and draw in those folks and those commenters and those background listeners uh, to hear the truth of God's word. Um, And number four, writing or speaking to encourage the saints, the mature biblical Christians. As the world becomes darker and darker, the light of our Christian faith should increasingly stand out by contrast. Matthew 5.16. Mature biblical Christians need to venture in writing or in comments or in verbal conversations in some perhaps more challenging venues as a reminder to peers that God has called each of us to engage with those who sit in the darkness. Efforts should not be limited to silos of warm, fuzzy, safe domains like church and home and 
you know, Bible studies on a Wednesday night and, and fellowshipping only with believers. We need to take our faith and, and our love and our desire to see other people come to a personal relationship with Christ into the world. Matthew 24, 24, for false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. James 3, 1, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Conclusion. The impact of mature Christians can have on a blogging platform or elsewhere in the world is impossible to quantify on this side of the grave. How many books have been written documenting the sacrifices of evangelists who spent their lives trying to establish a beachhead of Christian faith in dark places, only to have their impact identified after the fact? One of the regular writers on Medium, his name is David Knott, uh, has just published a book entitled For Him, which is available on Amazon, which includes just one of these many stories. In this case, it was a single um, conversion of a small child um, that, that a young missionary had led to Christ, and and he was so depressed and so disturbed by the fact that he was not seeing any fruit in his own mind that he left the mission field um, young in his Christian walk and in his life. And um, what he didn't realize until the end of his life is that one child that came to Christ, that he led to Christ, sparked a major revival uh, in the whole country um, that uh, that he was uh, originally a, um, um, a minister or a missionary too. So God, God calls us to use our gifts to serve him in the calling he has put on our hearts. In the end, we need not forget 1 Corinthians 3, 7. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything but only God who gives the growth. Our responsibility as as Christians um, desiring to spread the gospel is to plant and to water, but ultimately the responsibility for the growth of their salvation, the people that we speak to and write to, is up to God. God bless you as you serve him today.